You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? No crap, I missed Halloween. Hey fam, welcome to a new episode of LM2 Talks. As always, I'm your host, Larry. This episode I was hoping to get out last week on Halloween, but of course, the way things work, I got a little lazy and didn't record, uh, but I also wanted to wait until after I had a chance to go see Halloween, the new movie, the 2018 version of the film um, starring Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, on Halloween, um, and I didn't feel like it really made sense for me to do the episode before having seen that, and not that the episode is really going to talk about that movie, you know, it's going to be saved for the non-spoiler review section that I have in every episode, so I will talk a little bit about it, but I just wanted to have another new horror movie under my belt that I can bring up as I'm going through the episode, as I'm kind of talking about things. Now, I've never really been this huge horror fan. I'm not a person who rushes out and needs to go see every horror film that's that's coming out. I, and I find myself really often being that person who waits until I hear, you know, is this good? Does this have something to say? Um, does this does this have kind of a message to it that I, I, I want to be intrigued by? Um, because, you know, for me, like, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of slashers. Like I, I like the original Halloween. You know I I like Freddy enough. I I like um, you know the Friday the Thirteenth movies. They're they're entertaining. Chucky you know and Child's Play was was really interesting growing up. But you know those those things never really you know piqued my interest. But but growing up, some of the things that I, I found myself really interested in, you know, some of the the horror movies that I found myself really stewing over and and really I feel like that really influenced my the things that I enjoy or the things that I that I like watching would be stuff like Alien you know and I know it's it's a science fiction film but it is very much a horror film and you know yes we can say that the Alien is you know this you know a slasher in a way but it's also kind of an embodiment of you know, the unknowable. It's it's an embodiment of, you know, our fear of going outside of our own world and discovering more and all of the horrors that could be there. And, you know, as a kid, that was something that I found really, really kind of complex and interesting. And, you know, it wasn't simply just there's this creature and it's killing everybody, but there's a little bit more to it. There's a little bit more subtext. There's a little bit more poetry to what we're actually seeing or experiencing. Um, another one that really kind of stuck out to me and, you know, again, like I, I think I, I find myself falling into a camp where sci-fi horror is something that, that really speaks to me more, but the fly, you know, the, the Jeff Goldblum version, you know, it's a terrifying, terrifying film with amazing practical effects, but, you know, just the idea of what, what is a person willing to do for science and how does that how does that utterly, utterly destroy you? And and just the the things that they did in that film, what they show you, and how 
how kind of scarring and jarring it is. It, it, it was it was really kind of breathtaking for me. And that was one where, you know, maybe the the actual analysis of it was never really the part that stuck out to me, but the actual effects, you know, what it looked like. And I think that's one of the things that that I really love about horror because so much of it, you know, deals with unknowable or unimaginable things and how do people visualize these things? How do people make it stick in our minds? You know, so it's not just that we're unsettled by noises or characters or idiosyncrasies or, you know, in some cases music, but it is augmented by a specific visual style or a specific visual that sticks with us. And I think that's why slashers like Mike Myers or Freddy or Jason are so iconic, as well as stuff like the alien or, you know, as I mentioned, the the fly, you know, that the kind of the the effects work on being able to show a human body, you know, change in the way that it does in that film, it sticks with you. And I think that's the thing about any good horror film. It's going to stick with you. Um, a couple of the other ones or one of the other films that, that I always like to mention in terms of kind of like, you know, my introduction to horror was a film that I, that I watched with my father and, you know, one of the things that I that I always appreciated about uh, my dad, who, you know, my mom and my dad are both two people that really got me into films and entertainment. Um, and, you know, my mom was always the one who wanted to guard me a little bit from some of the content that I was wanting to watch. But uh, my dad was a little bit more lenient on, on what he would uh, <laughs> um, let me get away with staying up late to watch with him. And one of those films was Night of the Living Dead. And you know, I'm, I'm talking about the original film. Um, there is a remake. It's still good-ish, but, you know, I think the the original is the one that I that I would really say kind of opened my eyes to what horror really could be. And what that is is satire. You know, there are various forms of satire. When we use that word, we're often thinking about comedy and, and things like that. But horror acts very much as a way to reflect the world that we're living in back at us and night of the living dead is a phenomenal movie um that looks at this you know it explores what what our fears as a people were during the time period that that film was made and you know i don't i know there are people that are listening to this podcast that have never listened to, or have never watched the original night of the living dead and what i want you to do is I want you to go watch that film, take it in, watch it all the way through to the end, and then get back to me and and tell me what you think that movie is about. Um, you know, and I, I could very easily, you know, explain it all right here. And there's several great essays about it and countless writings. And, you know, there's, it kind of put the Living Dead series on this path where it was able to be this really great social commentary, social satire that was somewhat horrifying, but, you know, with its underpinnings, with its subtext was really able to have, you know, some really great, meaningful messages about everything from the way that we interact with one another to our consumer culture, 
um, and beyond. And, you know, I, I think those films, you know, people have mixed reactions about the various films and, you know, some are better than others. Um, but I think they're definitely worth watching because they provide a great, fun, entertaining insight into, you know, what what we are about and what some of our shortcomings as people are. Um, and I think they're really effective in that. And, and again, like that, the best horror movies do that. I think that's why something like get out, you know, is, is so was so timely when it, when it came out, it was able to provide a reflection of some of the issues that we still face as a country and do it in a way where yes, it's horrifying. You know, some people, may laugh it off you know obviously there were there were folks that looked at it as a pure comedy style satire but you know for people that have been in you know similar scenarios or or know about you know have kind of had to find themselves in this unknown territory of being exposed to the family of a person that they're dating who is not of the same cultural background that that is terrifying and it really taps into kind of that nature the fact that that is for many people you know kind of an unknown place that they have to go and they don't know what horrors await them there and so i think that that's what kind of really drives me into some of these newer horror movies that i've been feeling uh, that i've been that i've kind of been enjoying because they are willing to do that satire work they're they're willing to kind of do that reflective work you know a movie that i often talk about in terms of like i can't really recommend it to people but it's a film that kind of has haunted me since i saw it in theaters it's uh nicholas wanting reffins uh the neon demon and in a lot of ways it's a very beautiful film but it is it is a horror film you know it is very much a horror film and it takes a twist in a certain point where you're like, oh, yeah, like, obviously it's a horror film. But really, again, like when we talk about, you know, the idea of satire, it's looking at how kind of L.A. life or, or you know, model life or, or you know, the fashion industry, you know, whatever piece of it you want to kind of grasp onto changes you and, you know, what kind of creature does fanity and and fame turn you into and i think that it's it's such a good way to kind of put that on display you know that said the movie is incredibly long and there's a lot of scenes that can be very difficult for some people to watch but and and honestly like i haven't gone back to see it since uh since it came out but at the same time, like it, it sticks with me. It's something that I, I find myself constantly thinking about. And it's an example that I feel like works really well for showing different ways that horror can be used to talk about different aspects of our society. You know, likewise with a film like Hereditary, which is really looking at family life and, you know, kind of the things that are unsaid and how do we let those things fester and, you know, how do we allow you know, kind of our own families in a lot of ways to turn into our own destruction for, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, it, it, 
I, again, like, because I know this is a newer film, I know this is something that not a lot of people have seen, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to leave it there, but like, I think there's a lot of great commentary about mental health in this film, about the grieving process, about how we choose to deal with the situations and the cards that we are dealt and how in a lot of ways, how our inability to effectively counter those again, you know, what unknowable horrors does that bring upon us? Another recent horror film, or I guess I should say sci-fi horror film that really spoke to me is Annihilation. And I know for a fact that this is a movie that not a lot of people have seen, and I, I need people to see it. It is it is a beautiful film, like the, the way that it's shot, the some of the effects are better than others, but some of them are really beautiful. And, you know, the overall message that this film kind of lays before us, you know, that it's almost like the idea of when do you stop being you and, you know, how how can you know if you are still the same person that you are you have always been? And, you know, again, you know, I think I'm going to leave you with with the unknown there, you know, and just have that be your your sample. You know, hopefully that's enough to kind of wet your interest. But, you know, I think for me overall, that gets me to, to what I really, really like about horror or, or the, the distinction that I like about horror, because, you know, I, I feel like there's a few different camps and it's not to say that these things don't necessarily overlap, but it, it kind of helps me segment the types of horror films that I am interested in and the types of things that, you know, I want to hear suggestions for when they come out. And it's really, you know, on one end, I feel like you have your, you know, your typical monster movie, you know, and there's a monster or, you know, and, and that's it, you know, and then you have your, you have your slasher film, you know, and that's like pretty much adjacent to the monster film. And then you have your hauntings and possessions movies. And, you know, those can be interesting, not really my speed. And, you know, they are their own things. And then there is this thing where sometimes it'll take elements of all of those. And in a way, like I, I kind of look at them as the psychological terror horror movies, you know, the ones where what we're really feeling is dread. Like, yes, there may be a creature, there may be a ghost or a slasher, there may be an embodiment of the unknowable, but it is really our internal dread being forced to contend with our own thoughts that drives us in these films, that scares us in these films. You know, the idea that I end up thinking about my own life and my own decisions and who am I? Am I who I think I am? If I can walk away from a film feeling those things, wondering about how the world that I am in has transformed me or why do I allow certain things to happen around me or, or whatever it may be? If I leave questioning my existence, for me, that means that the movie has been successful. For me, that's what I get really excited about with horror. You know, how do I question myself after experiencing this? And yeah, 
that's it. That's that's what I have to say about horror. That's what I love. And and if you have suggestions for films that you think I should check out that you you know will will kind of get me to have some of those questions, I'd love to check them out. I'd love to talk to them on future podcasts because um I think I think it's a lot of fun to kind of revisit these topics over time. And I'm sorry again about missing Halloween, but I hope you enjoyed, you know, kind of my take here. Uh, So let's get into our other sections. So for non-spoiler reviews this week, I have two hopefully quick ones. Um, One is Halloween, uh, the 2018 Halloween, uh, which, you know, I'm just going to keep it quick. It is a fun, brisk, interesting slasher style horror film um they do a lot of they have a lot of great nods to the original film um for those of you who don't know it's a direct sequel to the original halloween the original 1978 halloween which i opened this episode with a clip from um and yeah i don't i'm not gonna say much more all of the the you know all of the performances in the film i found to be you know they made sense they were good they were entertaining um michael myers is back and he's just as brutal as ever but i thought they did a lot of really great work with actually presenting this film and you know i was a little bit on the edge of my seat the entire time you know not that there was a whole lot of excitement the whole time but it did a really good job of getting you excited for what was going to come next and even though you know bits of it may have been a little bit predictable about where it was going to go um it never tried to pretend like it wasn't going to go there. Um, so definitely check it out if you're into the Halloween series or you just want a brisk, fun, slasher-style horror movie. Um, the other movie that I'm going to review this week is Bohemian Rhapsody. And so going into it, I was originally really, really, really excited for this film, but as we got closer, I heard a lot more critical clamoring, and it kind of turned me off from it a little bit. A lot of critics saying, like, ah, it's not that great, and and Rami Malek's the only good thing about it, and uh, Freddie Mercury deserved better, Queen's music deserved better, and there's a lot of, lot of stuff like that. But I went on Twitter one day and I saw a tweet from a professor at the school that I work at. And, you know, it was it was one of those things where I I saw his take on the film and it and it made me really interested because it was one of those things where, all right, this person who is very vocal, very outspoken, has this kind of high praise to put on this film. Let me let me see it. And, and it kind of reminded me, hey, you know, I probably shouldn't be listening to critics before I go into these things. I need to just go experience them for myself. And I'm glad I went. I, I really am. You know, I'm not going to I can't speak to the historical accuracy of the film. I can't speak to the timelines. There are definitely a few things that feel out of place or out of sequence. Um, and there are a few kind of tongue in cheek references and jokes and things like that that maybe or maybe don't work but at the same time the film is a lot of fun it is high energy it keeps it moving you know we are in the season where every movie is over two hours and this movie was a ride i had a lot of fun with it and i hope that other people have a lot of fun with it too from the conversations that i've had online with a few folks it seems like most people agree you know so 
I don't know. Maybe critics are just jaded because they've seen a lot of, you know, rockumentaries and things like that. But for me, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoy Queen's music. And so being able to see this film, being able to see this performance from Rami Malek was a really entertaining way for me to spend some time this week. And I hope it will be for you, too. Um, in terms of what I'm loving this week. Uh, so last episode, I talked about the fact that Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out, which may or may not be another part of the reason why I didn't record last week. Um it is an amazing game and i know there's some controversy around it which i will touch on in a future episode um but the game itself is is great that said i know it's not for everybody it has the particular feel of the wild west where everything is much more drawn out things take longer it is more sweeping it is more empty at times and so for folks that are looking for you know a cowboy shoot em up this is not for you there are sections of that in this game but it is much more drawn out it is much more open it is much more like you know the dying old west that the game is set in um so i i think people should really kind of keep that in mind as they kind of um go to interact with it as piece of media um and beyond that, the other thing that I would say is some of the performances in this game, the music, the lighting engine, all of that stuff is, is just breathtaking. And, you know, it is on par with some of my favorite Westerns right now. You know, obviously, like, you know, there's there are a few that are kind of a step above that nothing could ever touch. But, you know, I I actually see this game as having a place among some of the greats in um, in kind of classic Western film history and, you know, its ability to reference and, uh, kind of borrow from, uh, quote, uh, if you will, some of those films has been really phenomenal. Like, you know, having the wild bunch walk, you know, in a section of the game and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is amazing. Like, how many people are actually going to understand this reference? Um, you know, uh, everybody that I know seems to think that Quentin Tarantino came up with it. And it's just like, no, he took it from another film. Uh, all right. But, you know, so that's that's what I'm loving this week. And so just a little follow up on the last episode on mascots. Um What's funny is the one person who got back to me is my sister, and she wanted to point out that I had misnamed the Sixers old mascot Hip Hop as just Hops or whatever I said, and I am sorry about that. I did not mean to besmirch Hip Hop's glorious name. You will forever be the true Sixers mascot in my heart. Um, and she also wanted to tell me about a time that uh, Swoop, uh, the Eagles mascot saved her camp from burning down. Um, Swoop is a great guy. Uh, I'm glad he knows how to use a fire extinguisher. That's really impressive. Um, but, you know, she agreed. It was It's a little tough in kind of identifying other mascots that are really, you know, kind of big. You know, she's she is a big fan of her University of Maryland, you know, Terrapin. Uh, but she did have to say that she felt that his costume was a little soft, you know, and, you know, for for a school that is telling us to fear the turtle, you know, having a 
soft mascot having a soft turtle doesn't really make sense you know he should be kind of like a should be like a hard body turtle more like a ninja turtle like if they could get one of those ninja turtle suits from the old 90s movies that would be awesome like i I know those things must be terrible inside but could you imagine if testudo the terrapin if testudo was like a ninja turtle that would be awesome i would fear that because i mean those things were kind of creepy as cool as they are like i mean they have teeth and i don't turtles don't do turtles have teeth like that someone get back to me on do turtles have teeth like they did in the 1990s turtles movies i don't think they did i had it i have a turtle at home lives with my mom right now i don't think he has teeth he just seems to have a beak and just kind of mashes on things um i know this is a random sequitur but you know hopefully hopefully someone has an answer for me and hopefully you enjoyed that little weird brief detour um it's a great thing about recording audio you can just kind of let it go and see what happens um yeah and that was pretty much it you know one of the (laughs) um yeah so that's another episode of lm2 talks as always, definitely, you know, rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google or Stitcher or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find my podcast and it helps us kind of further this conversation and get to know each other a little bit better. Um, definitely drop me a line on social media. I'm at Larry Tron on pretty much every social network. Let me know what you want to hear more about, what you think future episodes should be, share your horror movie recommendations or just general movie or TV recommendations. Um, a couple of the episodes that I have coming up in the future are going to touch on ideas about disagreeing with critics. Um, I'll also be looking at uh, work practice and kind of the mentality uh, and some of the dangers of kind of the, the work mentality that we have. And, and that'll get back to kind of the, the thing that I mentioned with Red Dead Redemption 2. Um yeah, I mean, I think those are those are some of the bigger topics that are going to be coming up. As always, if things pop up, I may change topics. I may, you know, maybe there's something else that people want to hear about. Just let me know. Um, I have no problem shifting from time to time. And yeah, hit me up. Uh, feel free to send me questions for the Q&A section. I didn't have any this time, but I ran a little bit over and I had some feedback anyway, so it kind of worked out. Email me. Larry at lm2photo.com with any questions or suggestions you may have. And I'll catch you again next week, fam. Peace.